Our new format is podcast for Mitchell Talks. Good morning, Andy Moore. Good morning, Scott. LPC behind your name. Licensed professional counselor. Have you been called by the Trump campaign for some help? <laughs> I have not. Um, I don't think that they reach out for outside assistance very often um, for, for most, much of anything. The guy has the race almost deadlocked before the debate. Everything's going right. Everything's going wrong for Secretary Clinton. And all of a sudden, this guy comes completely unhinged. What does it say about a personality that they cannot control themselves and they start running off down pathways that are destructive? I think, I think it's tough um, for, I think for both candidates. They are under an immense amount of pressure and scrutiny all the time. I mean, it's for any, for any one of us, um, you know, most folks, most people are terrified of speaking in public. These people have to do it every day, multiple times a day. Um, they're facing a lot of very public criticism, a lot of public scrutiny. Uh, so I don't necessarily fault anyone for cracking under the pressure at some point. Uh, but I do think this election cycle has shown us uh, some interesting examples of what that looks like even even way back in the election like with uh with marco rubio um and uh some of the other candidates just you could tell they couldn't quite hold it together chris christie in some ways even though he's always been pretty poised um he had some really poor performances uh, but i think for uh, i think for trump and uh and clinton having not formally evaluated either one of them myself obviously um, there's been a lot said about Trump's uh, apparent narcissism, and uh, I did uh, flip through the uh, the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. It's like the Bible for mental health professionals, um, and looked at the criteria, reviewed the criteria for narcissistic personality disorder, as that's the one that's most commonly cited with him. Uh, I think a lot of it... Uh, he certainly embodies some of the criteria. Uh, so just a few kind of highlights. Um, some of the criteria include having an exaggerated sense of self-importance, uh, expecting that uh, you would be recognized as superior even without achievements that warrant it, uh, believing that you're superior and can only be understood by an associate with, or and only associate with equally special people, uh, exaggerating your achievements and talents, uh, having a sense of entitlement, taking advantage of others to get what you want, having an inability or unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others, behaving in an arrogant or haughty manner. Andy Moore is my guest. Andy, I've worked in litigation support for many, many years and have got involved in extremely complex litigation where you had a personality like Trump. Biggest problem I always had in advising lawyers has been, how do you get somebody like this to listen? That, yeah. I mean, that's obviously Kellyanne Conway did a great job, the new campaign manager. But for the past week, he hasn't listened to anybody that has lick of sense. And so put us in that room. How do you take a personality like that and go, look, hey, you know, glass of cold water and say, you're blowing this. Right. I, that really is um, probably the quintessential question with this. And it's honestly really difficult. Um, and doing therapy, you almost never have folks that exhibit strong narcissistic traits coming in for therapy because they don't believe they need help. Um, if they do come, it's usually because their spouse has left or is threatening to leave or something happened and they're legally compelled um, to seek treatment. 
And uh, so, the, I mean, the key to all of this is uh, the individual's ego, right? Like that sense of self that we all have um, that for some people is uh, more rigid or maybe it's more fragile. And so they overly protect it. Um, but And so when that when they have suffer like a, what we call like a narcissistic injury, some kind of injury to that ego where something happens that might for a split second make them believe that they aren't as wonderful as they think they are. Um, and so maybe for Trump, this is after the, you know, after the, uh, the, the debate, the first debate that he, there was an overwhelming amount of press and probably pressure from within his campaign saying, Hey man, like, you kind of botched that um, and knowing like, okay, I've got to pull it together. I've got to do something. But it feels like, uh, you know, in the, the week after that first debate that he held it together for a while. And then next thing you know, he's shooting out tweets at three in the morning and, um, and kind of going off uh, at a, an event where he came down to, to speak a like nine line statement about Clinton. And he spoke for 30 minutes with multiple tangents that kind of just tore down everybody else in the world, not just his opponent, but he talked about the Miss universe candidate. He talked about, um, uh, energy sector, other countries, China just kind of just went through everyone of, and it almost seemed like he was trying to build himself up and just be like, you know what? I'm going to tear down everybody else. And that way I can maintain my sense of superiority over everybody else. Before the debate, Mrs. Clinton was having a very difficult time, a very difficult time. Trump is gaining. Then the debate comes along. She seemed measured and poised, but she always gets around at some point to injuring herself with some sort of statement. How long can these sorts of personalities go forward without twisting off like they do occasionally? Sure. Um, and again, this comes back to what I said in the beginning that, I mean, I think for all of us, uh, this would be an extremely stressful situation and it would be hard um, uh, for anybody to kind of keep their com composure all the time. And I think we honestly, we want our politicians, we want our leaders to be human. Like we want to see them be human, uh, but sometimes it is, uh, <laughs> we expect them to not be. And that's probably not fair and as a rule. Um, that's not to say they don't go too far. Um, I think for Secretary Clinton, um, her camp did a great job of um, preparing her for that first debate. Um, and I, I believe that part of their, their conversation was, hey, just don't respond to everything because he's going to throw out a lot of, of tempting nuggets for you to jump on if you just resist. And there were some times that she just you know, kind of did a Jim Halpert from the office and looked at the camera and you could see that she was kind of joining with all of us going, did he really just say that? Uh, and so that was a good way for her to not stick her foot in her mouth was just to, you know, give him enough rope that he would kind of hang himself there. Um, but I think also when you were on the stump and you're giving your speech uh, about whatever topic it is, we all have been guilty of just talking without thinking, you know, and sometimes you say something and it may be easy for you or I to, to retract it or, you know, if we're recording a podcast, we don't have to publish it <laughs> if it went the wrong way. Uh, but when you are on live video with a team of reporters following you around, any offhand comment is going to get picked up uh, and that's going to result in her uh, or him having, uh, having that dominate the news cycle in a way they don't want. You're listening to an At Mitchell Talks podcast with Andy Moore, licensed professional counselor. Now, off the table right now, 
Mrs. Clinton's problems because it's all about Trump right now. But before the debate, she was having difficulty in getting people to trust her, including young women. They just didn't trust her. So if it comes back up in this campaign, if Trump ever shuts up and Trump begins to focus on something else and the press turns back to feed on Mrs. Clinton, I'm wondering, what is it about her that makes it difficult for her to be frank? As some people just say, she can't tell the truth. What's in that personality? Um, That's tough. I think, um, I don't think anyone really, we all expect, we want politicians to tell the truth all the time, but we all, I think we, the public know that they don't. I mean, that's, there's as many jokes about politicians as they're all lawyers um, about them uh, being negative in some way. Uh, And so uh, the comment I hear about Hillary often is people say she's a liar about Benghazi, about the emails or whatever. Um, and But people will often follow that up with saying they're all liars. Um, and again, I think this uh, probably speaks to uh, the candidate's perceived need to be on point, to be perfect about everything. They've got certain messages they're trying to stick to. And I don't, I mean, it takes a certain amount of narcissism to try to be president, right? Like I know that I'm I don't have that <laughs> that certain je ne sais quoi to um, stand up there and get people to believe that I'm the best person to lead the free world. Um, and so you've got to be a little cocky to do that. And if you're going to be a little bit cocky, it means you've got to defend things even when you know they're wrong. Um, I would argue that there is a huge opportunity for some humility uh, and some uh, like authenticity that is severely lacking in candidates uh, and politicians at all levels. And we see this at our state house. That there are some folks that will stay on message even as the house is burning down. Uh, and uh, you and I have talked uh, on a number of occasions about how that would be better served by them just saying, you know what, we messed up. Like, this was not right. I was led wrong. I made the wrong call on this. I'm really sorry. And trying to get ahead of it that way rather than trying to defend, defend, defend in the face of overwhelming evidence that you messed up. The election that's the most challenging to American psychiatric treatment that's ever been. Andy Moore, licensed professional counselor. Always good to see you. Thanks, Scott. You too. Listening to a Mitchell Talks podcast available at www.mitchelltalks.com and follow me on Twitter at Mitchell Talks.